even though I had taken maybe classes in school about balancing a checkbook or just different personal finance things that were very operational, I hadn't downloaded the mindset. Hello world and welcome to the Money, Life and Limitless Possibilities podcast where we help you build a bridge over roadblocks in life and create keys to limitless possibilities. I am your host and head cheerleader, Rhonda J. Williams. Welcome back, family. I hope this episode finds you well and prospering. So today we'll be digging into the money side of our journey and how money is not all caps bolded, underlined, a one-size-fit-all process, and how you can start building your own personal path to success. Today, I have with me a member of my Money Magic Circle of Friends. Gail is with me today, and how I met Gail is we were working together at a nonprofit. We were on our journey to figure out our passion, and she was the new girl. When she came in, I was like, let me size up this new person here. And she came in just a little quiet, didn't really know what to expect. But it turns out she has got the most fire, the most passion, and just intelligent beyond measure. She's an amazing woman. So I've got her here today to kind of help us break down this topic, and we're going to get right into it. Today, I have Gail Rice, a financial wellness coach who uses a decade of her experience in mortgage banking to help families gain momentum and make strides towards their goal of financial health. What began as a no-nonsense approach to financial counseling has developed over time into a holistic approach to financial wellness that is centered on the individual, focused on striking balance, honoring true self and enriching financial confidence. So welcome, Gail. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Rhonda. Hi, everybody. Glad to meet you virtually and talk to you for the first time. (laughs) Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. So you know what? I I love to just kind of get into a little bit of you before we dive into the topic today. So I love to know, this is kind of a little thing I do for everybody. I love to hear kind of what drew you to this work. Really, it was finding myself squarely in a place of financial dysfunction. Even though I had taken maybe classes in school about balancing a checkbook or just different personal finance things that were very operational, I hadn't downloaded the mindset yet. And finding myself in a place of just having constant overdraws on my banking account, trying to get approved for a car and figuring out that my credit was in the trash and climbing myself out of that position and just immersing myself in reading books and discovering more about what people are doing to have healthy financial lives. I started to realize that when I was talking to other people about what I was doing with my money and what I was learning about money was really when I was kind of lighting up and just realized that I had a passion for this. And I wanted to figure out how could I use that passion in this world? Like, how would I serve with that? How could I make money with that and live that? Um, And so that really started me on this journey 
of how to get into financial coaching and helping other people to walk that same walk that I had gone through. Ooh, Juicy, I want to jump into a couple of things you said. I'm trying to think like where to start. So I love that you said I hadn't downloaded the financial mindset. Like you got to tell me, you got to dig into that one. Right. I think there's this thing because I started as a mortgage processor. And so there's this financial goal that people want to meet of either purchasing a home or refinancing. There's the steps you have to take. The, I don't want to say qualifications, but the guy, the, the guidelines are there. They're set in stone. FHA, Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac say that in order to qualify for your house, you have to prove X, Y, and Z by doing A, B, and C, and that's it. You have to get me these documents by this date, and if you don't, you will not have your house. It's a very black and white. This is how you do it. And so that's also how financial education is taught especially in the arena of school, as far as my experience with went, it was, you're going to do these steps, things are going to go this way, and that is it. But I never properly gotten to the point of being able to do the first step. And I see it even um, when I started out trying to help other people, you know, like I'm used to this loan processing thing where, okay, these are the steps, these are the things I need by this date. And I would have sessions with people where I felt like we were on the same page when we walked away from each other. And then it would be cricket. So people like me <laughs> had trouble getting to the point where they were able to accomplish that first step. And I was starting to connect the dots. We talked about all the knowledge things, but we hadn't really downloaded the financial mindset for people to be set up to properly move forward with the action item. Yes, you, you, we're on video and I, I'm slapping all kind of high fives right now. Yes, like it's so about the mindset the, the, in which involves like the individual person. That brings up their experience, their exposure. So I love that you brought that up because I, like you, started as an educator, right? And so we were like, let's get the education. Let's just, that's all people need is education. Then they would be great, right? But what right. was the disconnect? Like you said, you know, it would be crooked. And I always say that, you know, financial education, there's no shortage of information. So financial education is just this really awesome set of information. But if you don't know how to apply take the information, apply it to your life, where you are in your life, it, it could leave you powerless. They say information is power, but if you don't know how to apply it to your life, it could leave you powerless, right? And I know like you, that's how I got into coaching, the coaching side of it, right? To really help people be able to take the, the information, apply it to where they are and find their own best fit for their path, right? Right, because you can be the most dynamic speaker and the most knowledgeable educator, and you can communicate in a way where the people that you're working with understand everything that you're saying. But when you tell them, go home and look at what you're spending, and they sit down and log into their bank account for the first time and look at those numbers and then slam the laptop shut, there has to be something with them in that moment to help guide through, okay, how do I get myself to the point of being able to take the first step? 
Wow, that's that's beautiful. Like I I visualize someone slamming that lip laptop shut, right? Because that's a real okay, thing. Oh no, that is a what real... we're not going to do today <laughs> is sit here and look at this. <laughs> yes, like it is a real, real thing. And again, you know, oftentimes financial education, you know, takes a cookie cutter approach. I always say, and it does not again, take into account that that moment when that person is, again, like you say, looking at these numbers, kind of feeling a low sense of self-value. Like it could mean so many things for different people, but there's if there's no one there to kind of coach them through that or help raise awareness around that or help them be prepared to navigate that, then, you know, that person is just going to slam that laptop shut and just say, you know what? I'm just going to live with bad credit. That's kind of what it is. That's who I am. That's where I am in life. And they'll just go on kind of accepting that as as what it is, right? Either consciously or it could, you know, an infinite number of I'll do this tomorrow. We'll try it again next week. We'll wait for the next paycheck. Or, you know, like the uh, New Year's resolution, like, you know. I always oh say, uh, we New Year's, we're all like, okay, I, yo, I'm about to get it. I'm going to get this credit. This is my year. <laughs> this is my time. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And then about late February, early March, it's like, yeah, well, maybe next year, right? Yeah. So we, we will often postpone things in our lives because we run into kind of those roadblocks. Like I talk about, you know, with my five keys. So that moves us to that. So I want to hear from you, actually, how have any of the five keys of limitless possibilities helped you on your journey? I would say without a doubt, it has to be key number one, and that is getting clear on what you want. Because when I first began figuring out what my deficits were in my financial walk, the information that was put in front of me was so inspiring. And I mean, it definitely lit a fire under me to the point where I was buying copies of these books and giving them out to family members, whether they had ever shown an interest in personal finance or not, this is what you get because this is what you need. (laughs) My father used to call me Dave Ramsey Jr. I was gazelle intense and it worked uh, for me up to a point. That point would be marrying my spouse, who is self-employed. Now, I, I fit into the cookie cutter very easily when I was on my own. One, uh, there was nobody else to work into the financial plan and consider their wants, their needs, you know, their starting place in the journey. Two, I worked for a bank. I got paid on the 1st and the 15th. The paychecks were always the same unless there was some overtime or a bonus. And that just helped me to get further. I didn't have to think about things like tax planning. I didn't have to figure out budgeting on a variable income. So all these different things started to come into play. And then I think it was a a combination of that, of having all of these sidebar things I now had to relearn and regroup and reset. And then also as a beginner student of personal finance, I was following the goals that were set out for me because the goals were what they were following that program. But it came to a point of, okay, these baby steps are great. 
you can't deny the fact that they have changed all these people's lives. I've watched countless debt-free screams, but was that what I really wanted for myself? You know, I wanted to buy a house, but why? Was that really the, the right thing for me right now? So then I had to step back and look at these things that were on my vision board. I still wanted them, but I had to take a step back and look at why and when would be the best timing for me. And so getting clear on what I wanted and why helped me to formulate the steps that I really wanted to put things in and approach them and incorporate things that I wanted for myself that I'd been delaying and delaying and delaying just to be able to say I was following this you know, program the way that it was meant to be followed. And it really led me to come up with a a 10-step roadmap to financial wellness that I felt really fit me and where I was in life and that I felt could benefit other people as well. Wow, that's amazing. And I mean, it's so very true, right? Because we're, we're all different. We come from different walks of life. And you were bringing together two different people, right? who had a different upbringing, a different experience. Like you mentioned, you were the cookie cutter example. You had your W-2 income, right? Hitting the bank account every two weeks. And it was just you. But you brought a husband in, a beautiful husband, who cooks very well, I would say. (laughs) You brought him in and his, you know, he was self-employed. So this kind of changed the game for you. But I love that, you know, because you and you began to develop your 10 steps. So tell us about your 10 steps to this kind of really figuring out how to make it work when things change, when life is not cookie cutter. My 10 steps are really built on three foundational pieces. There's 10 stops along the way, but you'll always be directed back to one, developing a monthly cash flow, two, building up your savings which, by the way, you have to have a monthly cash flow in order to make that possible. And three, building up your credit. You know, credit is the, the piece of that really is a pain point with a lot of people. And we sometimes get so focused on having a certain number of credit scores that we sometimes don't focus on what's behind that. And definitely developing a written plan for your money and having something set aside to help you through the hard times is the foundation of having the credit score that gets you approved for the things that you want when you get to the point of using credit to um, obtain those things. Right. Nice. And I know you mentioned before that you started with Dave Ramsey. My, I started with Dave myself. and Oh, that, yeah. Love um, Dave forever. Forever, right? Forever. Uh, but yeah. I... I like you evolved from him as well. And I want to hear about the credit piece a little bit more because, again, you, that's a huge pain point for the world, right? I always say that the world is judging us by our credit and we need to kind of know what's there. We need to know how to manage it. We need to know how to have it in a good place so that we can kind of maximize our opportunities. But at the same time, not be a slave, right, to this this whole credit scene. So dig into the, the credit part of it, just, just a hair there. Sure. So when I first read Total Money Makeover, that was the original book that just changed my whole world. That's the book where Dave does a sale once or twice a year where you can get books for $10 a piece. And I I was just, (laughs) give me all you got because the world needs this information. One of the things that he teaches, though, 
the borrower is a slave to the lender. Credit is not something you need. There's nothing that you can't do with a debit card. And I think that if that's what you want, that's what sets your soul on fire, you absolutely should go forward with that method. For me, it wasn't exactly that that didn't, you know, hit me in the soft spots. I love the idea of that. But at the same time, I worked for a bank in the mortgage department. I understood the credit guidelines very clearly. And what Dave was saying and how he's been able to operate with a zero credit score perfectly fine for all these years. I understood that that was something that if I wanted to purchase a home, maybe 10 years in the future was something I would be able to do, but it was my immediate goal at that time. So I knew going through his steps, closing the accounts as I paid them off would cause my credit score to plummet. I mean, he teaches you that's what's going to happen. Your score is going to continue to decrease because of the way the whole algorithm works with calculating your score. You're eliminating the age of your credit accounts. You're eliminating the payment history associated with them and the credit utilization that's tied to them. So your credit score can continue to go down. Now, I was starting with trash credit to begin with. So the idea that it was going to continue to go down just didn't sit well with me. Dave talks about how you can avoid banks with automated underwriting and have them do a manual process. And I was very familiar with all of the intricate pieces of what it took to get an approval that way because it was my day job and I looked at these things day in and day out. I just figured, you know what? I'm going to do this debt snowball. I'm going to get on this written plan every month before the month begins so I can tell my money where to go. But as I pay these credit accounts down, I'm not going to close the accounts and that's going to cause my credit score to increase so that I can get to my personal goal faster. Wow, that's beautiful. And I love that, you know, because again, it does depend on the individual where you are and kind of when you're in a place in life and you're seeking answers and you kind of, you see someone that, you know, is giving you good information, you feel like, okay, I'm all in, you know, I'm just going this path and I'm just sold out. And I, I too, I too had uh, cases of books in my trunk <laughs> and was attacking everyone with books. And it's like, everybody, you've got to be free. And I, I feel like that unequivocally that to be free is better. Freedom can look different for different people for sure. Today, we again, we wanted to dig into really that helping to person and build their own personal path to success. And I'm hearing you saying that you looked at a path, you, you kind of analyzed it, and you picked out, you know, what would work for you. Now, as a coach, how would you, in working with someone, kind of walk them through that process to kind of walk through your steps and really figure out what could be their own path to, to take and to grow from? As a coach, you know, we do all of these trainings and exercises and we add to our arsenal of tools. But the biggest thing that we have is listening. A coach that works with you is listening to hear what you're not saying about the things that you want and to help you kind of come to those realizations also because what you're not saying might you might not be hearing yourself think it but again it's all about getting clear so if you're saying I want to buy a house okay 
we need to really get to the root of why. What does this house mean for your family? When you see yourself getting those keys at the table, taking those pictures with your realtor and the I close today sign or holding the big key and you're posting that to your social media, what feelings do you think that sparks for you right in the middle of your chest or right in your belly? Like what comes up? What gives you that sense of pride? Is it, you know, just wanting to have a safe place for your family to come home to? Is it wanting to know that you own that little piece of land, um, that you're not just putting money into the landlord's pockets? What, what does it really mean for you? For some people, it's just a goal because they think it's the next logical step in a chain of events that are supposed to happen in your life. Even if they don't really want anything to do with the maintenance or upkeep involved in owning a home. So we want to drill down to those things because if at the end of it, it leads to, well, my real goal is when I retire, I don't want to have to struggle like my grandmother did to pay her mortgage. I want to buy a home in my 30s that I'm able to pay off and stay there for the rest of my life and build equity and have something to pass down to my children. That's something that we can work with. And then say, okay, so your end goal is when you reach retirement and you now have no more you know, monthly payment associated with your residence, that is your 10. So we know that we can't get to 10 today or overnight or next week or next month. But if we could take one step and get to a one, what does that look like for you? And we can start to then build out actions that we can take right now. So it's not this overwhelming jump because we thought starting out that buying a house was the goal. But this person's goal in this scenario is actually retiring with a certain sense of financial dignity and a certain, you know, sense of achievement in their entire financial life, which means that they took certain steps along the way that were so much more than saving a down payment, taking out a realtor and going house hunting. So we really want to get to the bottom of what's driving you and what's motivating you so that we can know what steps you need to take to push things forward. Nice, nice. And it goes back to um, that key, like really knowing, being clear about what you want and letting that kind of be your first step. And it sounds like from a coaching perspective, really drilling down on that and kind of flushing it out to see what that's going to look like for you before, look at your neighbor and say before, before we go to numbers, before we go pull in the credit report and getting scared (laughs) to death, you know, before we do these things, really being clear of what this is going to look like for you. And I'm going to say adjusting, right? Having a understanding that things could change and adjust. How do you kind of broach that when people are like, I don't want to give up on, you know, what I definitively wanted. How do you kind of broach letting people know that things will change and evolve along the way? The only thing constant in the world is change. So all we can do Mm. (laughs) is know that change is coming, right? (laughs) All we can do is know that change is coming and plan ahead for a little bit of lead way to give ourselves time to adjust to it and know that having to back up off of something and pursue a different route doesn't equate with giving up on it. I was afraid to get started on my financial journey. 
because, you know, like I said, I dove head first into the education piece of it. Every book, Dave Ramsey had a radio show. I was listening every day. And I found out about the iHeartRadio app. So I was listening to past episodes at my desk, like while I worked. I just was immersing myself in this, but also realizing like the path ahead that with my credit where it was, with my underemployment at the time and being so underpaid compared to my peers, which is another topic for another day. But a sister didn't realize that while she was making uh, 27000 at the highest point um, before leaving St. Louis, that my peers were making 40 plus doing the same job sitting at the desk next to me. It seemed like the biggest mountain to ever have to climb. And I thought I was in my early 20s at the time. I thought I wouldn't be able to purchase a house until I was in my late 30s, early 40s. And that felt like a death sentence at that time. (laughs) I I don't want to think about what would have happened if I never actually started to take the first small step and then the next small step after that. But even with the trials that came along the way, and I had to... I had to back up off of the homeownership piece to get, you know, my debt under control and back up off the homeownership piece to get my savings back up because the closer I got, well, I don't want to get into a house and then not have money to pay for things that happen along the way. I had to keep putting it in reverse and found another path to where I wanted to go. And I didn't end up buying a home until my mid-30s anyway, but it didn't seem like a death sentence at that time because I knew that I was doing what was right for me. So just because you have to ease up off something for a little while doesn't mean that you're giving up on it completely. And I think another one of your keys is timing is everything. So... (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) You get clear on what you want. You take the steps that you can take in the timing that you can and you just remain intentional about what it is that you're doing and what it is that you want and you have to reassess along the way babies come marriages come i thought i was going to get through this entire financial overhaul as a single woman and purchase a home as a single person or even a condo and you know what i ended up with a husband and a child my baby was 3 weeks old at the closing table sitting there with us i mean it was completely wow. different picture, but it was the one that I was meant to have. I wouldn't have it any other mm-hmm. way. Wow. You just gave me chills. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. Like timing is everything. Just really understanding that timing is a thing and you can do all the things and check all the boxes, but if it's not time, it's not time. And then like I always say, there are moments where you could show up half cocked and it just works. Right. And it's just, it's just totally, totally time. Um, great this has been amazing now you have a podcast coming out yourself would you do you want to share a little bit about that with us I do the ask Gail Rice podcast is set to launch on June 6th a sister's graduating with her master's degree June 6th was set to be the day that I was going to walk across the stage I planned on doing it big because I never walked for my bachelor's degree but instead I decided to celebrate by finally releasing my podcast because I really want to create a space where 
people can talk about money, where we're eliminating shame, where we're incorporating self-care and self-love and just really figuring out how to take care of ourselves through this process, because it can be grueling. Like you said, the, the feelings that come with being faced with our past missteps, our failures, feeling like we have to give up on something that we wanted for so long. I want to help alleviate some of that and kind of coach through my podcast from a distance. So hoping that people will gather there with me and help me to create this community. I feel like friends should talk about money and all things money related, our income, what we had to go through and buying houses, the steps that we're taking to, you know, ensure our financial futures into retirement. It's a conversation that needs to be had. So we're going to have that conversation weekly on the Ask Gail Rice podcast. Y'all can find me at Ask Gail Rice. Now, Gail is G-A-Y-L-E. I know. I know how all those other Gail's spell right. it. Ask G-A-Y-L-E on all yes. social media platforms. You can send me your questions. We'll talk about them um, during the podcast every week. Beautiful, beautiful. And I love that you're putting, you know, you have the self-care part. And just really loving on ourselves, right? We only get one self, right? And we have to take right. care of ourselves. I think we both have learned that and evolved in that together, right, on our journeys. And I'm all about the self-care. Like, you know, just really, because I'm, I'm at the center of this thing, right? I'm at the center of this thing that I'm doing, this race that I'm running, and being conscious and aware of that matters. Absolutely. And that you want to talk about having the conversation like it it can be so taboo but these are things that we're dealing with every single day we're dealing with money conversations it may not feel like it but all all roads lead right it's not just about the money but all things are leading to or coming from this whole financial thing so i love 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 that yeah even the financial conversations that we need to have i mean you know they're not financial matters. It is all these other pieces of our lives that show up as a symptom in our financial life. I mean, imagine, I told you I was making 27000 a year while everybody else around me was easily making forty. A simple conversation, a simple conversation would have let me know, like the reason you're struggling with this is because you are underpaid right now. And these are the steps you need to take to get out of that situation, to either be able to renegotiate your salary with your manager or to be able to find another job at a, at a different company, but align salary-wise with your colleagues. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, because sometimes it's, we, you know, we're not making enough. We know we're not making enough when we're trying to cut things and yeah, we might need to look at upgrading our, our careers or our education or our training to really change the game for ourselves. But that's great. So I'm excited about the podcast. This is, I'm loving that we're interviewing uh, right before. So this is really timely for your launch as well. So we have come mostly towards the end. So I always ask this and I want to ask you kind of feel this out for me. So okay. you'll just say my name is Gail Wright. And my key to limitless possibility is, so over to you. Hmm. My name is Gail Rice. And my key to limitless possibilities is knowing I can bounce back from anything. As nice. you said before, we have to, to ease up off of things. And 
knowing, I mean, that I've fallen so many times, I get down. Sometimes I stay down or stay down a little too long, but I've always found a way to bounce back. And knowing that I can do that just makes me stronger to bounce back from the next thing. And I think that really helped me to develop this sense of maybe we're going in reverse. We'll find a new path and we'll get there. So yeah, definitely bounce back ability. Yes. And I love that term. I feel like you, you totally coined that uh, term, but I've used it before. I'm like, my friend says you got to have bounce back ability. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this, this is not a straight path. Right. That's beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gail, for joining. This has been an amazing conversation today. Thank you for having me. This has been fun and we have to do it again. Well, that's our time, family. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to join me next week and I'll be sharing with you what led me to really talk about the combination of money and life and how creating an intentional connection between the two can help you ensure that your dreams and goals become reality. And remember, if you've got questions, I've got answers. Shoot me a message on Instagram at Rhonda on a Mission, R-H-O-N-D-A, on a mission. As well, I invite you to connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rhonda on a Mission and LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash Rhonda on a Mission. Again, thanks for joining. Until next time, friends, be happy. Be joyful and be free.